Okay, yeah, go ahead and record. I like a little soft intro. Hi! Almost Modern Live, a podcast so butch, so mask. Almost Modern Live, a podcast. Are we surprised? No, but do we expect it? Yes. Recorded in front of a live studio audience. What? Like, maybe not. No. <laughs> was that as good for you as it was for me? Yeah, no. Tyler. Me. It's you. It's been a fucking day. Yeah. Uh... The way I described this week is that every day has felt like Monday. And we are recording on a Wednesday, which is yeah. later in the week than usual. I'm sure everybody appreciates you blowing on the mic. You know, <laughs> call it a huff, because <laughs> every day has felt like the end of the world. Oh. That's where I am. And I feel... And yet the sun comes up every morning. Heavily stressed. Uh-huh. Entirely disrespected. Not truly blessed. And definitely not blessed. And, a little bit of a mess. Yeah. I feel like I'm about to like shut it all, shut everything down. <laughs> shut it down. I'm going to shut everything down. <laughs> shut it down. Like, honestly. Halt production. On everything. On my life. On Tyler. Mm-hmm. Halt production on Tyler. I mean, that is what death is, right? It's when when your body literally just stops producing anything at all. Well, halt implies that you could start it up again. Which, well... Does it? I mean, there are some times. I mean, people have been, you know. Mm-hmm. Zombies, call it a season two. People write books about going to heaven and coming back. Oh, well, I wouldn't know about that. Yeah, well, would, I think there is something you might know about. That, oh. The, the what? The intro. The what? The, 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 hi, I'm Tyler. And I'm Andy. And this is Homo's Modern, Modern Life. Life. I have a podcast for those that are stressed a mess and noodles noodles (laughs) yeah that's where i am what's noodles your brain your Mm -hmm. legs your arms everything is noodles everything is everything is noodles noodles the pug is it a no bones day i think so i don't really know what that means i know that one is good and one is bad yeah i'm assuming no bones is the bad day yeah it's a no bones month <laughs> it's a no bones tyler yeah but i'm getting a new medicine oh lovely it's an additional medicine cool it's to help stabilize my mood mood stabilizers that mm. is the most uh that we've reached a new level everybody i think that's like the most fun sounding medicine though, it is to me but apparently i can get a terrible rash all over my body if i don't take it easy interesting it's common like highly common. So I have to slowly ramp into the medicine over the course of a few days oh, to man. gauge my reaction. And so see if you get this year could rash. end very well or I mean, not so good. Yeah. You could be a, a Christmas decoration. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just all red and stuff. Yeah. I love that for me. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's well, you know. But I still take it on top of everything else. I'm it's doing. All, and we're upping the Vivance again because it's not working anymore. It's it's all 
on the journey to becoming a whole, healthy, happy human. Now, if you want to get my full mental health journey, you have to go back and listen to every single episode because yeah. I don't know uh, what episodes that I've talked about things like this. Yeah. But usually it's in the beginning. So you could really just go back and listen to the first 15 minutes of every single episode. Yeah. And probably get what you need to go to get here. But here's the important thing that I want everybody to remember. Solving your mental health is a journey. You okay. have to give medicine time to work. I have been having this discussion with a few other people that are like, oh, I took it for like two days and I didn't like it. No, that is not how things work. Yeah. You have to give it time to work. You get six weeks to maybe feel something. <laughs> That's what it is. And then you know uh, what? How it may frustrating. Not how frustrating. How frustrating that it is. I can barely say frustrating. Well, I have an, I have an appointment on Monday mm -hmm. with a psych person. Oh, fun. Yeah. I, you know, I, the last time I went was like five years ago. And the lady was like, you seem good. A Maybe a touch of anxiety. Can, like, give you medicine? Don't come back. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's part of like this whole, they're like, we're a holistic health place. So like, if you, they'll kind of decide whether or not I should go the, you know, what route I should go as far as, you know, therapy, psychiatry, sort of. I mean, I got a situation. therapist and she was like, you need medicine. And I was like, okay. Yeah, exactly. So like, <laughs> you know, I'm sure they'll kind of try and work with me to figure out what, if anything, I, I need to be doing in that realm. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, you know, it's been a while since I went and I feel like, you know, we, we just need to check in. It's always base. good. Life circumstances always... and situations and me personally have all changed greatly in the mm -hmm. intervening five years. So mm -hmm. like you should always do a tune up. Yeah. Um, and you should always be completely honest with what you're feeling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And use as many analogies as you can, because they have heard them all and they love it. <laughs> I, just I use feel the like weirdest clock where I have four hour hands. hand is longer than the yes. minute hand. And like, do you know what I mean? And they'll be like, I know exactly what you mean. And I'm like, I'm so glad because this is the way I talk about everything. Um, like, That's perfect. like when I called the voices in my head, not in a schizophrenic way, but I was like the inner thoughts. I was like, when I started taking Vyvanse, they sound drunk now. <laughs> that makes so much and sense. And they're like, yep, that means, yep, yep. This is good. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, well, that's, I mean, you know, that's something. Yeah. I just feel like I have been, and I don't know why, I think it's because it's end of the year and I feel like I'm going to hit another lull. I think it'll go through January and then I'll hit a lull like February through like April again. Mm -hmm. But I just feel like work has been the sprint since mm. October. Yeah. Like to do like for what I feel like months is like, I'm not going to say barely anything because anybody listens is podcast that I work with that I'm I do have enough work um <laughs> but like it was just I don't know there was a little bit calmer of a pace with it and less I don't know urgency right um and now I just feel like it's like we need to do this yesterday and I'm like what <laughs> like in, in what world um so I don't know I'm just like slowly like I, it's weird because like, I'm in a place where I truly actually love my job so much, but I've never been more stressed. Well, I've never been more stressed consistently at a job. 
<laughs> possibly there have been so higher what is peaks, that but, yeah you know so what is so sustained yeah what it what where what is that because like i mean like i'm definitely like they have basically found what i'm good at and given me all that stuff to do and the stuff that i enjoy doing but i just have a lot of those things that i enjoy doing mm. i mean that sounds great right i guess <laughs> but uh. you know it's a bridge of matches. And at some point, one match is going to strike against the other. And then slowly, it's just going to burn off to the left side, you know? Right. Well. An analogy. Mm-hmm. Sometimes bridges are made to be burned. Well, I was not. It sounds like a good, like, maxim. but It, it does. But, like, honestly, bridges should be made for a purpose and to be sustained <laughs> for. Bridges should not made be made to be burned no they should be made to carry a, a vehicle at the very least a person yeah. or multiple people at one time or an animal or an animal or a flea in a flea circus okay well now we're really pushing it i mean you wouldn't need a very strong bridge so for a flea circus. what is a flea circus That's where you train fleas to do tricks but can you train a flea i've heard that you can i disbelieve that i bet there's somebody on tiktok who has a flea circus i feel like if I feel like a flea circus is a scam. I feel like a flea circus is literally just For fishing sure. wire. Oh, yeah. It's not fleas. Or like... He says it's motorized. Or small pieces of, of metal and you use magnets or something. Or have you been watching The Great? Um, no. I've watched like five episodes. Of, They're long. They are. Season two is so good, mm. by the way. But have you seen the girl that trains butterflies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Her, yeah. The, his, the Peter's aunt. First of all, is that real? And second of all, is it possible? Uh, don't think so. I'm very interested. And I think my vibe is wearing off now. I can't tell. I'm very interested. <laughs> if he starts talking like a robot that's powering down. And uh, training a murder of crows. Okay. To like to murder? protect me and oh. Arlo as we go walking. Oh. Mm-hmm. Do you feel unsafe? I mean, I don't feel un-unsafe. You feel like you could be. I always vulnerable. feel like there is, you know, and that's part of. Um, Do you feel like people look at you and they say there's an easy mark? What is that? Is that so? That's always a part of anxiety, as an overwhelming feel of feeling of impending doom. Another one of my favorite phrases. Mm-hmm. Um, that something is always going wrong somewhere that you could be doing something about. But oh, I feel that greatly. That was um, that was why I was so happy when I went to my therapist appointment five years ago <laughs> mm-hmm. is because I had just gotten out of college and that resolved a lot of, of that. Impending doom. Yeah. School caused a lot of feelings of impending doom mm-hmm. uh, that I did not feel as I entered the adult world. Yeah. And now they're kind of returning. And people always say to live your death, your like live the day. Like it's your last honey. That would be like my worst day. Hmm. I would be like, well, I'm just going to sit here and I'm going to eat a lot because yeah. like no drama. Right. Um, and then Definitely not going to go to the gym. Who's going to no. the gym on their last day? No, I'm going to like, I'm not even going to like watch TV. I literally, I feel like I would just like swim in pudding <laughs> as I'm eating it. Pudding. I don't know. Something weird where I'm like, when's the last time you ate pudding? Hmm. Yeah. 
I don't get it a lot because I always feel like I get them in all snack packs right. and then all of a sudden the snack packs are gone. I'm like, what happened? And I'm like, oh, I ate them. Yeah, but they're only like, this is why I can't have snacks in my home. This no. is why all of my snacks you buy and they're here. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I have I'm no the, self-restraint. I'm a fun parent. Yeah, he really is. That's how he keeps me coming over as he keeps snacks for me. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this week, I think it just felt like Monday because I just keep getting these like little annoyances thrown my way. Like my meal delivery, like meal prep service came mm-hmm. on Monday and they left off two of the meals and one of them was squished. And I was like, guys... Like what's happening. And then like yesterday, all of a sudden I have a new power company. Nobody sent me an email about this telling me, but I, I got a usage report from Reliant Energy and I'm like, oh, I guess I'm a Reliant Energy customer now. Huh? And I got a medical bill for a biopsy that I got for my dermatologist. Everything's fine. Uh, (laughs) But I'm like $5 away from meeting my deductible for the year, which is like super great now that we're in December. I was just like, what's going on? Oh, I one of the Christmas presents I ordered for you got here and was not what I expected. Uh, in a good way or a bad way? In a bad way. Oh no, do I get it anyway? Yeah, you get it okay, anyway. I, I'm kind of tempted to show you what it is right now. Oh my God. I, w- I would love a gift right now. It would yeah, make my whole day Yeah, I feel like better. you're having a day. Especially, okay, where he's getting it, he's going to the tree. It's in a box. It's okay, the box. the box is opened, luckily. Yeah, because I had to open it to, like, make sure that I knew what was going on, because I lifted it. So will it. me seeing this ruin my actual present, or is it so not what you expected that it will not, or it's just we've abandoned well, the I've idea? Well, I've given you a, a number of small things that are all in the same oeuvre. This is good to know. Mm-hmm. Um, we do love a gift basket. So this was supposed to thematically go with the rest of the stuff, and it still kind of does. It's just subpar in a sense because oh, wait, I want I, I know I you're to open you're things. very into the whole like ridged glass aesthetic right now, right? Yes, and I love ridged you just glass. we were at Macy's the other day, and you got these like little lowball ridged glasses, yeah. that are like part of some Martha Stewart collection uh-huh. sort of thing. So I was like, well, what if I got him some highball glasses that are like that? I think you follow the same trap I did. Yeah, so I found some online and I was like, wow, these are actually really cheap. I can't believe that Tyler hasn't already bought these. Uh-huh. And then they got here and they are plastic. You did the same thing I did. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I literally, like, I looked at the bullshit. brand and I was like, oh my God, you did the exact same. I think I did it from... It wasn't Williams Sonoma, but it was, oh my God, West Elm, which I think yes, are essentially West this, Elm. Yep. Literally the exact same ones. I was like, oh, they're $11. Why do I not have these? Oh my God. But I love these though. Yeah. Oh my God. I have so much rich glassware now. I'm like, come over. Yeah, I was like, they would be the perfect tall version of the other ones you got yeah. if they weren't. So well, I have plastic. The, but this might be more I conducive have, to your lifestyle. I do have the matching blue or like smoky oh, gray plastic ones too oh, and i brought them to my sisters for the holiday cocktail because i was like oh they're cute like this is good to give drunk people because it's like oh exactly. you can take cute pictures you can have great style you can make a nice little cocktail and if you drop it it'll probably stay in one piece yeah. mm-hmm. well like my sister dropped the blue ones as she walked into my apartment all over the floor 
Oh. If those had been my real glasses, there you damaged. go. Well, well, thank you. Like Spotify, your phase one of your gifts is now unwrapped. Yay. And I believe it is time to wrap this intro. I'm going to make a cocktail when I get home in this. Great. I put... <laughs> and while Tyler's enjoying his cocktail at home, y'all can enjoy our interview with Mandy Lee, a.k.a. Old loser from Brooklyn. Old loser t- in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn on TikTok. Which she's not an old loser in Brooklyn. Let she's me just not. tell you this, Mandy Lee, right now. You are a fun winner in Brooklyn. Thank you. Preach. Stick around. Bye. Welcome back, everybody. We are joined with uh, or by one of my favorite TikTokers, old loser in Brooklyn, otherwise known as Mandy Lee. Um, if you've fallen down the fashion talk uh, uh, rabbit hole as I have, you've probably come across her trends and forecasting, which I'm obsessed with. Um, but Mandy, welcome. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, I'm so honored to be here. Thank you guys for having me. Yes. Okay, the first thing I noticed is that her mic kind of matches her outfit. I'm not and surprised. I think that is like that's peak fashion. Yeah. Did we do that intentionally? The answer is yes. <laughs> oh my god. I love that. Uh <laughs> I mean, like, I, I think, too, the reason I'm so obsessed with you is um, I didn't go to college, but I was accepted to go to college for fashion design. So I was obsessed with Alexander McQueen. I have two Alexander McQueen tattoos. You know, good job, Sarah. But I don't think you're Alexander McQueen. You are. He was something different. And I think what's really interesting is, like, I feel like you in the way that you talk about style and fashion, it's like that same wavelength that like he was on when it came to, came to style and fashion, um, which is almost in a sense that everything we wear kind of is like wearable art in a way um, and should speak the same way. So that's why like this season, I was like, he was like, send me people you want. And I was like her, I was like, I don't care, get her on. Like she is my number one. So <laughs> like I said, I'm super excited. If you can't tell I'm fanboying. Um, no, thank you. That's so funny. You mentioned Alexander McQueen too, because you guys probably know if you've watched my videos, I basically grew up on Tumblr and mm-hmm. Alexander Same. McQueen was like was weirdly viral in yeah. like 2009 mm. Tumblr. And that's actually one of my first like fashion memories. So we're definitely kissing in that way. Yeah. My <laughs> first fashion magazine that I bought was L and I saw Alexander McQueen's, um, dress with the dried flowers that looked very queen of hearts from I think yes. the collection is Sarah Band or I, that's not the way to say it but that's how I read it as someone who's <laughs> never said it to me but like yeah that was definitely mine same thing with Tumblr I could probably name every collection so yeah I, I nerd out that. but to not take the spotlight away I would love for you to tell us a little bit about you 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 do say you do trend forecasting um, and you have mentioned an algorithm a little bit. So I'd love, can you tell us a little bit about you for people who don't know you so well? Yeah. Um, hi, my name's Mandy Lee. I'm old loser in Brooklyn on TikTok, which is my, I guess my main platform. Um, I've been an analyst and a forecaster for a little over six years now. Um, and I guess I started making content at the beginning of this year because 
I really, honestly, I really hated the way that people were talking about fashion and trends. And I, it was so negative. It's gotten so much better over time, but mm-hmm. I kind of started making the content that I wanted to see that I kind of felt was sort of missing from the discourse. And I guess that is how you would describe my page is more discourse related analysis when it comes to like runway trends, just personal style in general. Um, But those are like the main, I guess the main topics that I cover on my page are personal style, trends, and fashion analysis of any kind. But Yeah. yeah, it's like a huge passion of mine. And I actually had a review today at my full-time job and my manager critiqued me for being too analytical um (laughs) that's why i'm drinking right now because i'm like yeah so upset about it and it's weird because i'm an analyst you think that'd be a good thing but (laughs) if that describes me i and i think it really hits the nail on the head is i'm an overthinker but it makes me good at what i do yeah yeah absolutely what is it um that bothered you about the way that people were talking about trends and stuff on on TikTok. Yeah. I did just recently watch your video on silhouette, find your silhouette, which I agree with completely. Oh my God. That could be like an entire episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just that. But back in like February, March of this year, there was a, there was a trend going around, you know, like same as dance trends like every niche has their like little trends that they do and this trend was like fashion items I hate or trends I hate and I'm just Mm. like sitting here like kind of watching these videos of things that just came into style like a month ago like if you guys remember the like Bridgerton Amazon corset um was one of them like the little cowboy Brandy Melville t-shirt that everyone was wearing like in it it was just like I thought it was really cheap content honestly it's like this is really not interesting it's just kind of mean and I actually didn't I don't think I really made my first video on the topic for another like month but I just kept seeing these really negative video like this is what you should wear what not to wear and I'm like this sounds like a like Cosmo magazine from the mid 2000s, like very like judgy. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I never want my page to come off like that. Like I really try to talk about trends objectively. And Mm -hmm. I always talk about personal style very passionately because I feel like that is the saving grace right now is like people tapping into their personal style, whatever, whatever that means too. So I really tried to build my platform on like positive TikTok essentially. Yeah. And yeah. I it, it's crazy because I feel like the, there has been like definitely a ripple effect. Like I see more and more discourse fashion accounts popping up like every day. Like I, I hear people quoting me and I don't think yeah. it's on purpose. I think it's just <laughs> that's just what happens. Um and it's been really amazing. And I feel like, you know, there are a lot of bad things about TikTok and like getting a following that I struggle with. But yeah, that, that was kind of my inspiration for starting the discourse, I suppose. And mm-hmm. my the first video I ever made um, dissecting the trend cycle and kind of making people aware of what a micro trend is, is still pinned to my yeah. page. Yeah, oh my God, yeah. I made that video yeah. in April. Tyler told and, me about that. <laughs> yeah, I made that video in April and it's probably one of my like 
it's still one of my favorite videos I've ever made. Um, and that's the only video I have pinned to my page because I want people to come on my page and watch that one. And then they can take the rest of my content away. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I would say that that that's kind of like how I found my path. Yeah. Yeah. That pinned, that pinned video feature. That's key. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think you do a good job too, when you talk about trends in the sense that like, I think some people think of trends as like a throwaway thing. Like they come in like fast fashion. And I think the way that you talk yeah. about trends and I'm really weird with analogies, so bear with me is trends are on a conveyor belt and it's for us to kind of pick and choose off that conveyor belt mm -hmm. to make our personal style as they happen. Right. Because yeah like it's not so I that's what I think I really appreciate the most is like um and I think that I've it's helped me embrace more of my personal style and like I'm doing this because I like it versus mm -hmm. you know this is what's hot right now and just because it is hot right now and I do like it doesn't also mean anything either mm. yeah. yeah I wanted to ask you something as somebody like my you know, y'all have your fashion moments of like McQueen and, and all that. And like, as somebody who is not exposed to a lot of culture as a kid, my sort of intro to fashion, if you can even call it that, would have been like the TV show, What Not to Wear. And so I want to get your take oh on that God. if you have one, because oh, I, I feel like one. they present fashion. I mean, I don't know if you could make that kind of show nowadays, but like they presented fashion in a very kind of monolithic way of like, this is what you're supposed to wear. And there are these parameters and do not go outside of it. Mm -hmm. I have so many thoughts about that show. <laughs> um, I love it. I actually have, I made a video about it, like not that oh, long really? ago, maybe like I'll send it to you, but okay. <laughs> I think, I don't know how, I don't really know how old you guys are, but I'm 30 and I 29. Was, yeah. 29. Okay. Okay. So I'm sure maybe you went home on like a Friday night after curfew and cuddled up on the couch and watched that show. Mm -hmm. that was my experience and that was like the kind of like one of the only times I bonded with my mother who was very much uh, a uh, you know pack of almonds and uh fat free yogurt type of woman um <laughs> and yeah I mean like I think that show kind of triggered a lot of people our age because <laughs> this idea that you have to be wearing the most flattering thing. And that is a message that they drilled into you. It's like tuck in the oh, way. I think it still like, impacts me. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, but <laughs> it, it's funny because that show, I think I have a reaction to it now where I feel so much more confident in like myself, making myself look bigger because I spent literally all of my teen years, all of my early twenties trying to look as small as possible because of those little lessons in the uh -huh. show where it's like, you know, um, make your sure your waist. Yeah. No, <laughs> no vertical stripes, no mini skirts after 35. Really? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was just very um, patronizing. I think the, the yeah. message. Um, and I do not believe that there are rules with style and fashion. And I think there's definitely like some baselines that you can take and try out for yourself. Like, you know, I think that's why fashion rules exist is for, or, or to build a baseline. But once mm -hmm. you have like, have the 
conviction and the confidence to try things that you actually want because you don't have to like live this way where you're you know trying to look as tiny as possible and like you know what I, I remember that they would put anyone with hips in like straight leg jeans because it um it just skims the body and I'm just like <laughs> I I can't with oh that. yes yeah, yeah yeah like a wide legged yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or like yeah put a blazer on. like they just ruined they just like took people's personal styles the ones that i hated the most were the creative people who had yes. like a quirky uh, eccentric style like art teacher they, yeah yes. yeah yes and they put them in like a fucking blazer like yeah <laughs> they're just... like you wear pom fuzzy pom-poms in your hair that's unacceptable for an adult stop that i know and they, <laughs> like... they really honed in on like dressing your age which also what does mm-hmm. that even look like mm-hmm. like right. you can't tell that i'm you could you could think i'm 35 you could think i'm 21 what like that has nothing to do with how i want to express myself and i really hated that message but i think stacy has like come out and said that you know she I don't know if she regrets is the right word, but she kind of like wishes it was a different messaging in the show and whatever. Mm-hmm. Like she's just kind of like become a glow up queen, but mm-hmm. uh, it's hard. It's hard for it's me. It's still to... cringe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and her and and her ankles and her feet are ruined from years of wearing stiletto heels. So mm-hmm. I know. I know. I love it. Well, kind of in the same vein of things, I wanted to ask you too, especially in a world where um, I think, uh, you know, fashion is always the first to embrace where we live in an age of RuPaul's Drag Race 24-7, literally every country we could possibly get it into. Drag queens really seem to um, be finding their niche in like high-end marketing like uh, or high-end brands like Violet Chachki and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Do you see drag having an effect on trends or vice versa um and where do you see that going do you see that just elevating because i feel like we get a new fashion queen every season at this point absolutely so i was re-watching season 10 so aquarius season mm-hmm. like recently and i i want to say it was i want to say it was miss cracka who was wearing bloomers like mm-hmm. little like little um, Victorian style bloomers and I, maybe it was like a subconscious memory of mine but I was I did a forecasting video over the summer and I was like bloomers are like underwear as outerwear they really fit in with the corset um you know bras over shirts kind of trend that's happening right now like bloomers mm-hmm. are definitely going to come back I'm pretty sure that season was like maybe 2017 2016 like mm-hmm. I really think that queer fashion and definitely the entertainment space so like drag and even if you look at club kids from like the mm-hmm. early 90s there you see you can see how mainstream fashion has picked that up and yeah. especially from and it's still like, using it absolutely and like the ballroom scene with like black and latina queens um like i i really think a lot of trends are derived from those spaces um, and I, I don't think that they necessarily get the credit they deserve um, because they really are sort of like the unsung tastemakers. And I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like, if you know, you know, but if you don't, how are you supposed to know that that's how 
and where they evolved from. But right. yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that is the story of ballroom culture is mm-hmm. influencing all sorts of things and never getting any credit for it. I mean, yeah, I think Madonna is the one to give them the most exactly. credit. And outside mm-hmm. of that, it's been, you know, everything. So, well, also too, um, cause you kind of mentioned it um, with a world that's speak more comfortable um, in the gender non-conforming space or the gender queer space or non-binary, how do you see that changing fashion overall? Is it going to be, you know, something where it is, you know, we can, it's made for everybody type situation. I mean, I don't think clothing has a gender. I think that we kind of put that in a box in some ways where it's like, you're performing masculinity wearing this and femininity wearing this, which is completely Mm -hmm. valid. But I actually think that as time goes on, those lines get much more blurred. And I mean, I I honestly have to give a nod to Gen Z because I think they're kind of like one of the first generations that are doing this like publicly and like widely spread much more than before. I mean, I live in New York, so that's really not uncommon to see like someone more masculine wearing a dress or a skirt or vice versa Mm -hmm. or whatever. But I think that like the representation over the last like 20 years has actually like manifested into mainstream, which kind of, I guess, shows you how important representation is where this is kind of like becoming much more normal. And I really don't think that like clothing should, I don't know how to explain this, I guess, but like clothing doesn't have a gender and you should wear what you want to like personally express yourself with. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, like it was my friend's birthday last weekend and I was wearing a Chipotle Luana dress, which is one of my favorite brands. And he was just wearing like normal dude clothes, like baggy pants and like a t-shirt. And we changed outfits in the bathroom because he wanted to wear my dress. And (laughs) I felt so good because I dress really feminine Um, and it was really fun to like kind of almost perform this more like masculine side of me I felt (laughs) Uh like a different person I really did and he was really feeling himself in my dress but it was (laughs) it was fun and it kind of made me think like maybe I want to dress more masculine at times Um, right so that's that's my own journey but I, I think that a lot of like a lot of lines are being blurred and clothing like just it really yeah. doesn't have a gender and I think yeah. I see that a lot on TikTok which is really fun for me as like mm-hmm. someone a little more uh disconnected I guess with like mm-hmm. what Gen Z is like up to and what they like so that's really been wonderful to yeah talk. yeah there there may be a day somewhere in the future where a man isn't called a cross-dresser just for wearing a dress yeah <laughs> we might guys- we might get to lose <clears throat> that word entirely yeah. Do you guys remember like metrosexual and like? Oh my yeah. god. Yes. Okay. Secretly. Oh yeah. That was fashion. Yeah. But like men who took care of themselves. No, literally. If you like washed your asshole, you were metrosexual. Like. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) You shower in the morning. It's like we're not really calling you gay, but we're calling you not. Uh, not not normal is really yeah. what it was yeah i mean the fact that it had sexual in it at all yeah. and it has nothing to do with your sexuality yeah. it's just like you are on the cusp of being suspected of being gay i really can't so, believe that like also hollywood like adopted that phrase too yes. yeah uh 
so it's funny that you said to or you're talking about um at least trying on his clothes and feeling different because i always talk about this and it's the reason i have so many clothes and shoes and different things is because i have like five different points of my personality and i feel like i have to dress like them on certain days um i could also be schizophrenic but um like I ruled it out not yet um <laughs> but like i definitely go into this like oh i want to be like marlon brando and wear like biker clothes and like leather and then now i want to be gen z and wear my champion sweater and like a patagonia hat and then i want to be you know a newport mom um so you know I mean, there's he pulled he pulled an outfit out of his closet the other day and showed it to me and said this is what i would wear to a derby yeah i'm i i could get rid of this I but that. i need to keep it in case I yeah i was like i need to keep it in case i ever go to a derby day if the occasion calls honey yeah so uh, that's the thing i just like to be prepared for i'm an over uh, someday or doomsday doomsday preppers i'm an event prepper so i need to be ready for any party that could come out whether it's a giant teddy bear coat or my seer sucker and bright pink pants and a loafer there you go. So, and I never know which loafer, so I need multiple loafers. <laughs> you do have multiple loafers. Yeah, that is a problem. <laughs> um, um, I'm distracting myself. Um, <laughs> but speaking of, uh, I actually did want to ask you, because you do talk a lot about developing your personal style, um, and you really put some emphasis on that. So how does one discover what their personal style is, or at least a base point to really start expanding on it. Yeah. So I guess what has worked for me, and this might not have been like my first step, but something that I just like noticed was how I'm physically feeling in my outfit. Like if I'm wearing something that I have to like constantly adjust or pull up or just like fiddle with, I really do not like that. So there was always this level of like comfort, I guess. And I guess if you look at my style, you probably wouldn't assume, oh, she's wearing something really comfortable, but Mm -hmm. my clothes have to be like providing some kind of neutral sensory experience where I'm not going to wear them. And I actually think like what you just mentioned is something that I do quite a lot is I wake up and I feel this just internal pull to be this certain person or to dress in this certain vibe so lately like it's really cold in new york it's like 40 degrees today i'm really feeling this like snow bunny bimbo vintage 1960s -hmm. like i want to look rich even though father son house of gucci yeah (laughs) i think that had a lot of like influence too but like i want to wear my like little fur hat and like a long wool coat and just like feel this upper east side grandmother like fantasy Mm. for the day but then Mm -hmm. other other days I want to wear like a Simone Rocha tulle skirt and feel kind of like a cupcake princess or something and I've actually been thinking about this myself because I guess for like almost a consistent year I have felt good in everything I've worn for the most part and that's probably like the longest uh spree I've had where Mm -hmm. I'm not questioning anything like I really genuinely like my clothes and I feel good in them I'm sort of like kind of comforting my inner child and wearing what she would want me to wear Mm -hmm. um 
I didn't really get a chance to express myself as a kid. Not really until I was like in my early to mid twenties, I did not have money. Mm. Um, uh-huh. I couldn't buy Same. like what I wanted. <laughs> yeah. And I wasn't really like in a good environment to have the freedom to express myself. I grew up in like a really rural area where like, Same. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, so, I mean, you, you get it. You don't really have yeah. this like freedom to be sneaking an L magazine so. into my room. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> under under the covers with a flashlight for school i didn't oh god no i grew up in like a literal (laughs) cow town um but where did you grow up i grew up on the border of massachusetts and rhode island if you guys know like fall oh interesting no but i had um i was i went to uh on a work trip to salem new hampshire one time oh yeah i don't know if that's close it's not close but i've i've been there before (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> it was cute it was yeah. during the fall foliage was great <laughs> yeah no new hampshire is really cute but yeah it's like it was just like a very small rural new england town mm-hmm. so even if you found things that you wanted that you could afford the likelihood of actually being able to get them in a world before shipping uh or before amazon yeah. was oh, yeah. like beyond i remember like waiting for weeks to get stuff from hot topic mm-hmm. <laughs> I had these pink shoes that I was just so obsessed with. Um, They're hideous now, honestly. I would never touch them. But at the time, (laughs) it's what I needed. Um, And then there was me. I had no idea how privileged I was to live in a a city with two hot topics. Yeah. But (laughs) I was was raised too Christian to uh, feel like I could go in. Oh, yeah. Well. (laughs) Yeah, right. Uh-huh. I was like, oh no, the devil's store. <laughs> that and Spencer's gifts. Oh my god. Yeah, oh my god, Spencer's gifts. <laughs> I was a total you... kid too. Yeah. I mean, if I could get in there, I would. But my mall only had a Belk and a Kmart, and then the Kmart <gasps> shut down. Rough. Oh my god, Belk. You are Belk. from the South. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um Ooh, Southern store. <laughs> well. To also ask too, kind of a two-part question, what are some of like, I know that trends can be mini, great, whatever, but like, what are some of the like upcoming trends or things that you see? I noticed your color forecast for 2023, the day Mm -hmm. my light lavender sweater arrived. Um, So I felt very good. Um, but yeah, what do you see good and bad happening in the near future that either we should be buying up or just deciding maybe not to, to latch on to right now? Yeah. I mean, so for next year, 2022, it's slated that shades of purple are going to make a kind of a comeback. And mm, I really feel that. Like, Could do yeah. That. The I have lavender... literally just bought three lavender things for no reason. And I don't know why. <laughs> You're ahead of your time. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm plugged the, in. The lavender is called digital lavender and it's kind of yes. like a reference to mm. the digital age and s- being serene and I don't know, like post. It reminds me a lot of like the older anime cartoons of the future. Yeah, I re- it reminds me a lot of Tumblr because we yeah. were mm. loving that and like twee fashion that was such a key color in like 2011. Um, but yeah, and then there's also a deeper, a deeper kind of like royal purple color that's supposed to be 
um, kind of like making a comeback. We'll see though, because fashion week's in February. So I'm, I want to see it on the runway. Um, mm. but you can definitely see the lavender inspiration from SS 22. And then as far as trends go, I think that there are just, there's just a lot happening right now. Um, mm-hmm. the bala the balaclava, which is sort of like the knitted hood. Um, uh-huh. I, I'm sure you guys have seen it like all yeah. over Instagram. That That is definitely the most, I guess, I mean, I don't know if it's surprising, but I have never seen so many balaclavas in my life <laughs> until the last huh. two months. And I mm-hmm. think that really plays into this um, avant apocalypse trend. I've talked about this mm. on my page before, but kind of like Dune inspired, like cutting things up, wearing clothes the wrong way, just like literal apocalypse looking as if you were a a human scavenging through things just like Mm -hmm. trying to you know new to earth trying to figure out how to put them on your body Mm -hmm. protect yourself from the sandstorms yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i mean it's kind of what like rick owens and margella have been doing for a long time that is really really not my aesthetic so that video was like somewhat painful for me to make (laughs) um but i will do trend forecasts of things that I don't like. I try to be objective on my page mm-hmm. as much as possible, but that is definitely going to be something that people are going to be wearing. Um, yeah. Is that like apocalypse, apocalypse look. And then something really like dangerous. I don't know if we even want to like get into this, but like, I really think that like the, there's been, it's been rumored that the Kardashians have gotten their BBLs removed or reduced that about, or something what is it one BBL? of them at least brazilian butt lift oh interesting when you are get we like getting the into fat. the are we leaving the curves behind are i little, little think coming back i think that the bbl trend is i mean it's it, it's not that i think it's that it is like kind of stealing from black culture and making like body parts from like black and brown people trendy and the fact that body parts are trendy at all is disturbing but yeah if you guys have noticed k-pop and just like like kind of asian culture has been infiltrating the west in this very Mm -hmm. interesting way and there was this photo of ariana grande looking very much like she was doing fox eyes like making herself look more asian with her makeup style and oh, andy's googling, I, it. googling a little i'm a little frightened what that means for the beauty standard and now stealing oh yeah no body noise. trends and culture aspects from from asia now i, yeah. I, I don't it know it seems like it seems like what maybe almost happened during Love Angel Music Baby, but never quite came to fruition. Uh, like yeah. finally coming. Do you know what I'm talking about? I don't. Gwen what Stefani oh. and her Harajuku oh, girls. Oh, yes. Yeah. Her, yeah. Yeah. That was always toting a line of maybe not the greatest choices and things. Yeah. Yeah. Even though I, the concept, I, I mean, she was my Lady Gaga before Lady Gaga, let's be honest, because she's doing the wild, crazy things that. I needed in Harper, Texas. Um, <laughs> so I, I took it. Um, but, uh, oh, I was going to ask too, because I think the only trend that I've seen that I truly have absolutely hated in from Gen Z 
is the return of the bucket hat. And I have a theory. I have a very big theory (laughs) about why a decent amount of millennials have a problem with a bucket hat. Let's hear Mm. it. Okay. Have you seen Princess Diaries? Of course. Of course. So when she gets her hair fixed and she is feeling very beautiful about herself, she gets in the car with her best friend who then shames her for how she looks. And then she puts on a gray felt bucket Bucket hat hat. and wears it in shame. (gasps) So we as millennials connect bucket hats to shame. Because think about when bucket hats stopped being worn was like shortly after that movie. That is true. I think and then kind of- everyone yelled at her in class too to take it off. Yeah. Wow. So bucket hats represent shame for millennials. I kind um, of for see a decent that. amount of millennials. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I definitely remember the bowl cut, like the bowl cut. Oh my god. Like yeah. hairdo. It kind of resembles. I saw somebody that with a bowl cut yesterday. Yeah. Or Monday. <laughs> I was like, mm, or is this gonna come back? I mean, I know like mullets. I feel like mullets come back once in a generation like yeah everybody discovers them again all at once and then you know there's like a few people that hang on to it yeah but it really i feel like it has a I, once in a generation sort of resurgence yeah i i i appreciate it on the right person i um i don't know if you know um uh i wouldn't call him a band or an artist he's also a producer his name's sean s-s-i-o-n um he's like my little like style icon he does gorgeous music videos has really interesting music and like always kind of gives like i think he always does something really interesting with the style right now he's in a very like freddie mercury phase with an earring which Mm -hmm. is probably why i have one too um (laughs) but like even if like you go back in it there was a point where he was just like painting his nose uh black everywhere interesting stuff Mm -hmm. so it's always kind of like i don't know but um yeah, I've been obsessed with him for ever. Interesting. Okay, this is going back a little bit, but ever since you name dropped the color digital purple, mm-hmm. I I just I'm like I can't stop thinking about the Pantone color of the year. How plugged mm-hmm. in are you to that whole situation? Because that seems very trend analysis sort of up your alley. So it was. So I think in like August, it was slated to be digital purple. And then I saw today that it's this different um, shade of purple called Very Perry. Do you guys see this? Actually, you can't. uh, Oh, actually, that's kind of coming (laughs) off kind of right. But it's it's almost the mix of what the deeper purple and Mm -hmm. but still gray. It's like a few tones i would say this it's a little like bit more cool toned than digital ariana grande purple for me yeah <laughs> i think this is a very ostentatious purple color and i think digital lavender is a little bit more easy to wear because i think it looks better on more skin tones like i think really yeah. darker darker girls can wear that l- mm. like light lavender i think this color will wash a lot of people out honestly it almost kind of seems like they were trying to make a gradient a color of the year and they couldn't really do it so that's what they did yeah (laughs) okay and i'm sure i mean i I actually don't know but 
I don't know if you guys saw my indie sleaze trend prediction video. Yes, of course. Lady Gaga beginning. It it kind of went a little bit out of control. Like it took on a life of its own. Everyone has Mm -hmm. gotten a hold of it. Vogue, Dazed, Nylon, they've all gotten a hold of it. But that purple color, like in fabric, reminds me of what we the purple color that was trendy during indie sleaze time and it kind of makes me like a little bit like oh you were onto something you really were but (laughs) that color i you're right like i think that is a lady gaga 2011 color um yeah like this i feel like i definitely remember a lipstick mac Mm -hmm. rebel Mm -hmm. (laughs) i can't believe i just pulled that out of thin air <laughs> but also, like now we need it though. So true. <laughs> so you know, being a less of a of a fashion person and more of a like, you know, I like my basics and my core things. And then every once in a while, for like an event, I will want to step outside of that. Are you talking about a statement piece? I just well, how do you kind of? venture into a new area of fashion that like maybe isn't something that you've traditionally worn but would like to get into because like you know I always feel like if I I'm like oh I could wear that but then if I do is that making too much of a statement because Mm. of what I normally wear you know yeah no that's a really good question and I think everyone is different in this sense of stepping out of your comfort zone, like what that means to you, I think differs from person to person. For me, something that I will, I know that I won't do, and it's not really because it's not in my comfort zone. I just know it's not me is wearing very tight silhouettes. Like I have a negative sensory experience with that. I do not like the way it makes me feel it makes me feel too aware of my body, which I don't like. Mm -hmm. Um, And I also don't think I have a lot of creative expression when I'm wearing like super tight silhouettes. So I just know that that's not something that works for me. However, um, I think head to toe color is something that I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with, but Mm. what I'll do. So like, I'm not necessarily, I know it's just, I'm like, what am I doing? I know. I mean, like I love my neutrals and I love adding color to my neutrals, mm-hmm. but I'll always try to anchor my outfits in black or white. Um, it's not even on purpose. It's just, I just know that that's what I'm comfortable with. But I think what I do when I know I'm really inspired by something and I might want to try it out is sort of like looking at inspiration on either like from designers that I really like or um, just making up a story in my head. Like, I'm going to be this person on this day. Like, I am that bitch who likes color. Like, I am, you know, this fun, funky pop star who can wear head-to-toe color. Or, I don't know, Mm -hmm. like, kind of convincing myself that I I can do this. And I actually did this not that long ago. I went to, like, one of my first – I mean, I don't really like to go to – Maybe it's, it's not that I like to, it's just, I don't get really invited to a lot of influencer events, but I went to my mm. first one last month and I wore one of my most, um, I guess like statement dresses. It's this Chipotle like pleated taffeta skirt with a carabiner 
leather belt attachment. Mm -hmm. And obviously I love that skirt, but I wore the matching top to make it look like a dress. And it is very much a statement. And I was like, is this too much? Like, I love this, but am, is this appropriate for the occasion? And I just committed to it. I was like, you know what? Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to be this person that is comfortable with being over the top tonight and mm-hmm. see how it goes. And that really worked. And I think like having that inner dialogue with yourself where it's like, look, I, I'm allow, I'm allowing myself and giving my per- myself permission to do this is I think a lot of the time the biggest hurdle Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you will realize if it really is not going to work. Like, I feel like before you even step out of the house, like if you're like, I am physically uncomfortable with this outfit, or I know I'm going to be adjusting myself and like fidgeting with my outfit all night. Like, oh my God, my early twenties were all like suffer for fashion, LOL. You I know, know. <laughs> I know. I'm I so uncomfortable know. and I can't stand, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah. And I very much relate to that. Like changing outfits a bunch of times and then like finally picking out something that you're like this is kind of bold it's kind of outside of my comfort zone and then I get like to the door and I'm like "Mm, never mind gonna go change into one one of my fallbacks that I I know I look good in and I'm comfortable with yeah but I think like another thing though is like over time curating my closet and genuinely liking all of my pieces individually has helped Mm. me be okay with however that mix of clothing looks like in a way, because mm-hmm. I like my pieces individually as they are. They, they kind of all tell a bit of a story because I've been consciously collecting over the years and I'm at a place now where I like all my stuff. And I yeah. think before when I was sort of like trying to be trendy and trying to dress a certain way, I always felt like I was wearing a costume and Mm -hmm. I don't, I just don't feel that way anymore. And it makes the pressure of feeling out of your body or uncomfortable taken away a little bit because I can kind of have this like connection with something I'm wearing like this, for example, like I thrifted this like glittery tank or glittery turtleneck like four or five years ago. And Mm -hmm. it's just like my favorite winter layering piece. And I'll never feel uncomfortable in it because I have that little, you know, cute memory, um, connection to it. So I think that helps, but that's, that really takes time. And I don't think like people, people want instant gratification nowadays, like just with the nature of algorithms and social media, like you order something on Amazon and expect it to arrive the next day. But I think curating wardrobe, you really love and respect and want to keep forever really takes time. And I don't think a lot of people want to hear that, but that is, that is the truth. Yeah. Yeah. This is edging close to Marie Kondo territory. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> funny because I, I just did like a massive closet clean out and took everything to resell. So I was like, at least I won't feel so bad about getting rid of these things. And then yeah. got like the most amazing leather jacket in the world Mm -hmm. out of it, which was basically free. At least that's what I'm telling myself (laughs) and shoes out of it that I'd really wanted for a long time. I don't know why, but I wanted those Reeboks, but I found like an interesting color wave. But I think what's funny is like, I feel that way 
about my outerwear part of my wardrobe. Mm-hmm. They're all very like <laughs> they're all his special children. They're all my special yes. children. I have this massive like navy jacket with a fur collar that was my dad's. I have this big teddy bear coat that I remember like really t- talking myself into to spend the money to get because I loved it so much. Um, this new leather jacket. I love a good leather jacket. Outerwear. I, for a boy who lives in Texas where it is like 50 degrees now, but it's about to be <laughs> degrees over the weekend, it's a really pointless collection to get in. Um, but I, I feel that way about that and I feel comfortable and I feel that way getting there about my, um, my shoes. Um, but so now the next step is to get into with everything else. I think jeans are getting yeah. there finally too. I found my fit, something I feel comfortable in. But it all does definitely feel like one step at a time. And eventually it yeah. will come together to tell a beautiful story. How bad does it suck when you like put together a good outfit and you just don't have shoes that how bad is it. it when you put together a good outfit with beautiful layers and you go outside and it's 80 degrees and you can't wear the layers without melting? That is awful. That's my problem. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I my half of my family is all New Yorkers and I'm like this is why I am built for cold weather I need t- mm-hmm. places to wear these things um, no, I well agree. I did want to ask one last question because you've mentioned her name a couple of times and I am famously bad with pronouncing names but I did want to ask you about a few of your favorite like upcoming designers the dress that you were talking about earlier um, few like people to watch especially as we're we're moving in because you know outside of where the inspiration comes from, that's the person diving it into our Instagram. So who should we be watching right now? Well, I'm going to be a little biased in this. Um, I don't think I can talk objectively about emerging designers because (laughs) I think that's a very personal, um, Mm -hmm. you know, connection that you might have with them. So the designer, in in my opinion, the designer of this year has been Chipova Luena. They're a British based um, duo and, you know, one one last name is Chipova. The other last name is Luena. And they come together and make, I don't even know, like, if I can describe it. It's kind of like cool Scottish girl runs away to join the Harlequin themed circus. And it's very much like voluminous silhouettes, interesting hardware, um, shiny fabrics, um, and it just every single thing that they make, I would wear it. And I feel, I only feel the same way about a handful of designers. Simone Rocha is another designer. I feel that exact same way about, I have mm-hmm. um, a handful of her pieces. I started collecting Chipova this year because I know that they're going to blow the fuck up next year and be impossible yeah. to find. So they I've been kind of, they kind of remind me very Lynn pieces of Vivian Westwood in a way, but they're almost a little yeah. more polished than Vivian Westwood. It's like the tartan. Um, mm-hmm. They use they use tartan, but they also use like layered velour applique and almost like diamond shape. I don't know. I just could. I really could talk about them for hours because I feel like they're on the cusp of really blowing up like uh Dua Lipa wore one of their um fall winter 21 pieces on her Instagram recently and I don't like Barbie Ferrer just wore them and that's kind of a big deal but for like a small designer I don't think they have 100k followers on Instagram yet but I think next year is really going to be their year and they consistently show 
their taste and their style in an elevated way season after season. I think that's really rare to do as an emerging designer where you're staying true to your brand, but every season you're elevating and elevating and elevating. And I just love everything that they're making. Um, I also love Simone Rocha. She's been around for, I think like this might be her 10th anniversary this year. She makes Mm -hmm. a lot of cupcake, dark, um, tool and beads and just embellished in the most interesting way. I, I collect her as well. Um, but I really love that. See, for me, this is where I love a silhouette in the sense of we're Mm -hmm. just totally fucking up a silhouette and changing it. I think that's why I liked McQueen so much because he'd be like, this is what we're looking like today. Um, And I think they kind of do the same thing. It's kind of like, this is just, this is what you look like today. Like, this is the body. Exactly. I love that. I love that collection Mm -hmm. too. I would Um, probably wear that too. I think that was last spring. I want to say that was definitely the lockdown collection because she showed it it against like a, yeah, she showed it against like a plain background. Um, but then if you look at this season, <laughs> every single look blew me away. Like the la- the layering, the different fabric mixes, like she'll mix knit and beads with um, with just like tulle and taffeta and lace and satin. And mm-hmm. I think it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I- I'm in awe of her designs. And she's actually received criticism for being a bit repetitive. But I have to... Mm you know, put my two cents in and say that I don't care because yeah. I, I just, I, I think, but it's like, if you do something, you do it well. I mean, Chanel ain't yeah. never stopped making those tweed suits no That's matter true. what. So That's why would she true. ever stop what she does well at? Yeah. yeah. I don't mean this in a shitty way, but there's about to be a lot of like old Victorian dolls out there that are going to be naked. Cause yeah, Simone is coming for for those fabrics yeah that's the reclaimed style is straight off of a victorian doll (laughs) and then put together into multiple Mm -hmm. yeah and i think for like more classic brands i like i do like prada and i like little sister brand mew mew um Mm -hmm. i really hated what mew mew showed last season but like with the micro mini skirts but consistently i think that they kind of speak to or is that everyone looking like the toothpick people uh, yeah, and this is what I was talking about earlier, how like I think body trends are about to change in a very um, uncomfortable way. Mm-hmm. I think like a big theme from SS22 was skin is in and mm-hmm. not in a, not in an empowering way, in a skinny way. And, and is it a fit mm-hmm. or is it just skinny? I think is starting to rear its ugly head back into fashion. Mm. Not that I think it ever left completely, but I, the, I, I is am he a hot nervous. or is he tall of fashion? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. And I'm not really down with that. Like if designers can't make clothes for larger bodies, they're really not making good clothes that like, if you can't dress a plus size person, you probably aren't making good clothes. Yeah. Um, then you're making a custom piece. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I'm not really, I'm really not down with that. But, um, and I think that's why I gravitate more towards designers that really play with silhouettes and kind of disguise the body. So you really don't know what you're looking at. You're just trying, you're just kind of looking at amazing clothes that are interesting on their own. 
mm-hmm. and then the body becomes the least interesting thing about that look and for me yeah. i resonate with that very much i mean i think it's great when people like feel empowered by showing skin i personally don't i tend to dress on the more modest side but that's just again what i've grown to know that i'm comfortable with and i lean into yeah. it but yeah yeah i don't know those are my favorite upcoming designers, yeah though. <laughs> yeah well, uh, first, I, I just want to thank you for being here. I, like I said, such a fanboy, and I'm so glad you were. We were able to get you on. Um, I do want to give you a, a chance to. Uh, where can everybody find you on the internet? I'm at Old Loser in Brooklyn on Instagram and TikTok, and I have a Substack. That's like the only thing that or the only project I really have going on right now. Um, and for those yeah. of us that don't know what that is. Yeah, what is the substack? <laughs> it's a newsletter. I've heard the word thrown around. Oh. <laughs> it's just a newsletter. Um, it's <laughs> it's free or you can opt in. I think it's like $6 a month, but please subscribe for free if that's, you know, if that's what you want to do, no problem. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, again, Mandy, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. Um, we will see all, not see, we'll talk to everybody else next week. Fare thee well, my children. Bye-bye. This has been a Homo's Modern Life production. Thanks for listening. If you want more, check out our sister show, HML Political Hookup, at HML Political Hookup on Instagram. If you want to see what we're up to, you can visit our website, homosmodernlife.com. And if you want to get in touch, you can reach out to us at homosmodernlife at gmail.com. And don't forget, you can cover your body with our merch at HML Shop on Instagram. If you're feeling generous, you can send us a cash tip on Venmo at Homo's Modern Life. Or send us a cash tip on Cash App, dollar sign Homo's Modern Life. Fare thee well. <laughs>